So I'll, I'll read the whole psalm, but, but I'm going to really focus on the last uh, two verses. To Psalm 60, to the choir master according to Shushan Edith and Miktam of David for instruction when he strove with Aram Neharaim and with Aram Zilbah, and when Joab on his return struck down 12,000 of Edom in the Valley of Salt. So this is a war war psalm. Verse 1, O God, you have rejected us, broken our defenses. You have been angry. O restore us. You have made the land to quake. You have torn it open, repair its breaches, for it totters. You have made your people see hard things. You have given us wine to drink that made us stagger. You have set up a banner for those who fear you, that they may flee to it from the bow. That your beloved ones may be delivered. Give salvation by your right hand and answer us. God has spoken in his holiness. With exaltation I will divide up, up Shechem and portion out the veil of Sukkoth. Gilead is mine, Manasseh is mine, Ephraim is my helmet, Judah is my scepter, Moab is my washbasin, upon Edom I cast my shoe, over Philistia I shout and triumph. Who will bring me to the fortified city? Who will lead me to Edom? Have you not rejected us, O God? You do not go forth, O God, with our armies. O grant us help against the foe, for vain is the salvation of man. With God we shall do valiantly. It is he who will tread down our foes. Uh, we see uh, David here recognizing, probably from very painful experience, that going to battle without God doesn't, uh, uh, doesn't uh, translate into victory. And so he's pleading with God not to reject his people, but to, to tread down their enemies and to, to deliver them, to bring salvation to his people against their foes. And so the basic idea of the psalm is that without God, all human wisdom, all human strategies are futile and we will lose our battles unless God is on our side. And so that's the basic idea. And the verse, verses 11 and 12 are really significant. Uh, he says, Oh, grant us help against the foe, for vain is the salvation of man. With God we shall do valiantly. It is he who will tread down our foes. Uh, when we lived in Chicago, we had verse 12, With God we shall do valiantly. It is he who will tread down our foes in our kitchen on our, our chalkboard to, to remind us that it's only with God that we can overcome our enemies. And so that's the basic idea. With God, we can overcome. Without God, uh, vain is the salvation of man. It doesn't matter how smart we are. How, how much power we think we have without God, we can't succeed. And so let's talk about our victory in, in this life and our enemies in this life and, and draw out some, some application for how we can rely on God against specific enemies. Now, the enemies of the Christian, uh, classically stated in the, in the Christian tradition, which is rooted in the Bible and Scripture, are three. There are three enemies of the Christian. There's the world, there's the flesh, and the devil. You can find that combination, for example, in Ephesians 2, in the beginning of the chapter. You have, this is sort of the, the, the unholy trinity that, that 
comes up against the Christian as we as we battle to to follow Christ. And so let's let's work through them. So the world, number one enemy, the world. The world is um, in the Bible is um, basically it's a human society that is operating uh, based on ungodly principles. So because all of the world is in rebellion against God, all human structures um, that are not connected to Christ are in rebellion to God. So, by the way, nobody should be surprised that worldly institutions are godless, that um, the structures that exist in our culture that are, that are outside of Christ are against Christ. That, that's how it's supposed to be. That's why there's so much in the New Testament, specifically in John, um, about the world and about the, the danger of the world and the opposition of the world to the gospel. So as we battle the world, what can we do? How can we deal with, with um, anti-gospel uh, opposition, um, anti-Christian opposition that, that's around us, specifically, let's say, in our culture today? What do we do? Well, we can uh, go to politics and try to change things politically. We can uh, try to be very clever and manipulate the situation and find ways to get the upper hand. We can um, uh, perhaps uh, hope that the right people will get in power or maybe even put the right people in power. I try to do that and hope that changes will follow. Um, we can um, raise money. Uh, we can lobby. Uh, those are all human strategies. Now, some of them have value, but only as directed by Christ. If we do any of that outside of Christ, Christ is not... On, on our side. He's not doing that. All those things are, are futile, and so vain is the salvation of man, but only our God will tread down our foes. This is how Jesus describes his relationship with the world. In fact, his victory over the world. This is John 16, um, verse 3. John 16, verse 3. As I said, in the Gospel of John, and then, of course, in, in 1 John, there's a lot about the world, and it's, I think, worth our time to see what the Bible says about the world and our attitude and relationship with it. But in John 16, 33, Jesus says this, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And perhaps you're feeling tonight that you have tribulations in the world, that the world is against you, that the world is falling apart, that the world is not as it should be. Well, Jesus says, take heart. It's right. It's expected that in the world you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. How has he overcome the world? On the cross, Jesus exposed the folly of the world that the world calls wisdom. It exposed the weakness of the world, the fragility of the world that the world calls strength. Um, on the cross, Jesus exposes the bankruptcy of the world, the world who is against its creator, the world who cannot accept salvation coming from God and God's love expressed in the person of Jesus. And because Jesus died and then he rose again, he shows us that even though in the world we will have tribulation, but in him we can have peace. And so the testimony of the Christian that is tossed about by the world is that even though we are being persecuted often in many parts of the world, or at least we're being marginalized, or our opinions don't matter, 
in Christ, we have peace. And this world, as 1 John tells us, is, is fading away. But we who do the will of God will abide forever. So we can live in this temporary, fragile, fading, anti-God world and be okay because we can have peace in Christ knowing that we will abide forever. This world cannot ultimately hurt us. We are eternal and this world will fade away. So reject the human strategies, but embrace the gospel strategy of trusting Jesus, finding peace in Him, and counting on our eternity with Him starting now, but into eternity uh, as against what the world is trying to do. Now the second enemy is uh, the flesh. Um, the flesh meaning human, human sinful nature. So even though we are redeemed, we have been made different in Christ. We are new creation, and yet we are still dealing with the sinful nature that's part of us. That's not actually part of true humanity. That's a distorted humanity, but often it feels like this is the same as being human. Uh, that's how deep it runs. So as we battle the flesh, what can we do? As we battle temptation, as we battle discipline, as we battle wanting to do something for God and, and then not following through, as we, as we battle sloth and lust and those kinds of things, uh, what can we do? Well, human strategies would include technique, right? Just do these five things or figure out a formula to, to address it. Or willpower would be another strategy. Uh, I don't find that those work particularly well. Uh, some suggest positive thinking. Just imagine things are not as they are. And then you start living that way. Well, I find that when I'm imagining things and I start living that way, that the reality catches up with me pretty quickly. So what can we do? What are the divine strategies here to overcome the flesh? When in Galatians 5 verse 16, Paul tells us to walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The divine strategy for overcoming the flesh, our sinful nature, our sinful desires, is walking by the Spirit. When Jesus uh, ascended, uh, he promised that the Holy Spirit will come. The Holy Spirit did come on Pentecost and filled the believers. And so now every true follower of Christ has the Holy Spirit. And if we trust him, if we walk in step with him, if we remain sensitive to him, if we follow his promptings, if we are being transformed by him, then we can overcome even such a strong thing inside of it, inside of us as the flesh. And then finally, the devil. The devil is our third enemy on this list. What do we do with him? That's a real enemy. Uh, it's a very powerful enemy. Uh, I will tell you that magic doesn't work. Potions don't work. Amulets. Those are all human strategies. Um, the divine strategy is laid out for us in Ephesians 6. And, and if you want to go back and listen to the sermons that, that we have preached over Lent this year. It seems like a long time ago, but this was just this year, just a few months ago. We worked through Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10, and talked about how we respond to, uh, to the attacks of the devil, of our enemy, by taking up the armor of God, by putting on the armor of God. Meaning that the armor that God himself wears, his things, his power is given to us, and we can put it on and resist the devil. 
we do that by actually simply applying the gospel to what the devil throws at us. Our job is not to to run after the devil and find him and, and, and take care of him anywhere we find him. No, no, we are just supposed to withstand and resist. It's mostly defensive posture there. And so we do so by simply applying the gospel. This good news that Jesus came, died and rose for us, and by grace has offered us a new life. When we believe that, we can also apply it to particular circumstances and attacks of the devil. For example, when he lies, we refute it with the truth of the gospel. When he accuses us and wants us to feel guilty about our sins, we respond by saying there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. When, when he tempts us, we, we come back at him and, and say there's nothing better than Christ himself and we have him completely. And so those are the kind of things that, that we, can, we can do to, uh, to resist the devil and not succumb to his assaults. And we do that by not using human strategy, by using divine uh, strategy, because it is God uh, who will tread down our foes. With him, with God, we shall do valiantly. It is he who will tread down our foes.